the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into Hour 2 of our daily three-hour tour this Thursday, April 21st, 2022, when the political philosopher Hannah Arendt coined the phrase, the banality of evil. She was describing an environment circumferencing the trial of one of the world's most evil men. But she was lamenting how ordinary it all seemed, not only as trial, but also the mechanical way he went about his monstrous activities, as if it was, well, yes, mechanical, ordinary, acceptable. I hadn't thought of that phrase until I was in law school listening to a lecture by one of the founders of the legal critical race theory movement, one Derek Bell. I was dumbfounded with his renderings of history, obvious distortions that were never more than unproven theories pitched as history or legal history. History no historian or even the people involved in the events he was describing would have themselves agreed with. Theories being used to undermine great causes like non-discrimination, great causes like integration, great causes like racial equality, testifying to it all being a myth here in America. And I remember calling my mom after that first lecture, who knew of Derek Bell because he was prominently regarded in the kinds of journals she subscribed to. And I told her it all reminded me of the banality of evil, these shockingly ahistorical and politically pregnant statements that upended not only conservative consensuses, but liberal consensuses as well. Like, for example, the Brown versus Board of Education decision. I told her it was a moment I experienced as thinking it banality of evil. All this revisionism, all with a sharp ideological sword, sounding like Malcolm X or Huey Newton, but coming off as workaday, normal, avant-garde even, accepted. And I think we are in the midst of that again today. And I want to talk about how it comes to us. Many of you know the Maricopa County Attorney's Office has been through a lot of turmoil, turmoil from a tremendous lack of leadership, a vacuum. And yesterday, an interim county attorney was appointed. Good. My message and my hope, get control of that office. I am in possession of two things that should shock, but they no longer do. They've been repeated so often and accepted in too many precincts that one what once would have animated is now greeted with a yawn, a banal acceptance of the way things just are now. Thing one, an email that was sent around to the employees of the Maricopa County Attorney's Office that reads in part, quote, we invite you to join a book club, the Justice Readers. OK, so the lead and frontline prosecutor's office here is starting a book club. Now, let me continue with what that email says, quote, the first book we will read is How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. This book will explore the causes of and the solutions to the racism that plagues our societies. The author explains how you can affect change in an unjust world, close quote. 
The second thing I have is an email from the public information officer of the county attorney's office verifying all of this because I wrote to her asking if this could possibly be true. My first thought was, I'm so glad in a time of rising and serious violent crime, county prosecutors are establishing a book club. My second thought, less sarcastic, do the prosecutors and professionals at the county attorney's office here in Maricopa know who Ibram Kendi is? They should. You may. I've spent a lot of time talking about him and his works, including his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. This is a scholar at Boston University who has stated one cannot, quote, one cannot be a capitalist and an anti-racist. Direct quote. This is a man who wrote this about Amy Coney Barrett's Haitian children that she adopted. Quote, some white colonizers adopted black children to civilize these savage children in the superior ways of white people while using them as props in their lifelong pictures of denial while cutting the biological parents of these children out of the picture of humanity. Close quote. This is a man who has written in the book the county attorney's office says is a great book. By the way, that's in the email that, quote, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. This is a man who has written just this month that the Republican Party is the party of white supremacy. By the way, on that plea for more discrimination, I wonder if the county attorney's office has publicly posted statements stating they abide non-discrimination policies and laws in their break and copy and lunchrooms like most offices do, because I guess those should come down now that they are recommending books by people who argue for present and future discrimination. This is a man who has issued his own reading list that includes books by communist activists like Angela Davis, whose book he recommends argues that prisons are obsolete. This is a man who put together his reading list, as he writes, for people who have spent, quote, a lifetime of defensively saying I'm not a racist or I can't be a racist, beginning after a lifetime of assuring themselves only bad people can be racist, close quote. Angela Davis, by the way, who joyfully helped support Eric Honecker, the vicious communist leader of East Germany, and Fidel Castro, who made Miss Davis an honorary member of the Committee in the Defense of the Revolution in Cuba. These were neighborhood committees that spied on Cubans to ensure their loyalty to the Castro regime. She herself, Angela, was a fugitive from justice implicated in the kidnapping and murder of a judge. This is a man, Kendi, who wrote a book for parents and children, the first les lesson of which is to teach children to be race conscious and not race neutral or colorblind. As Andrew Sullivan put it, it's a little hard to argue that critical race theory is not interested in indoctrinating kids when its chief proponent in the United States has a kiddie book on the market. Maybe the county attorney's office will recommend that book for its family leave policies next. Well, where to begin? The county attorney's office is the frontline prosecutorial office against crime in our community, and they are encouraging to their captive audience of prosecutors and staff an author and scholar who is not 
only himself a Marxist, but who recommends readings on how to end criminal prosecutions because the entire system of criminal prosecution in America is a racist creation. It's a man who recommends readings on ending mass incarceration, mass incarceration. That phrase itself just kind of gets accepted in a banal sense around here, doesn't it? We're used to that phrase. We shouldn't be. If I told you that less than one half of one percent of the United States population is incarcerated, would you call that mass incarceration? Less than one half of one percent? Is the problem really too few criminals in jail or prisons here just now? I want people to think about that. Is that really the problem? The newly appointed interim Maricopa County attorney is Rachel Mitchell, a Republican who will run for the office to finish out the elected term this upcoming November. I don't think I've ever met Miss Mitchell, but from all I've heard and seen of her, I'm inclined to like her very much. Still, she has some serious work cut out for her. It's not her fault, and it starts not in our community, but in her office building. She is quoted today in the Arizona Republic as saying, quote, I recognize that not all people should be painted with a broad brush and that people's rights need to be protected. That is my duty as much as anything else, close quote. So I wonder how she feels about a staff that is circulating a book whose author considers Miss Mitchell a white supremacist because of her party affiliation. Or an author who thinks less prosecution and less imprisonment will help make for a better community because the entire system she represents is racist. Is Miss Mitchell perhaps a capitalist? Then she can never be an anti-racist, according to the author her office is promoting and calling great. I cannot find the right analogy for what it means for a prosecutor's office to be lauding to its captive audience, someone who disagrees root and branch with the mission and efforts of that office, perhaps something like an Orthodox Jewish synagogue hiring Porky's Barbecue to cater their Passover meal, or maybe the DNC hiring Steve Bannon. By the way, I can't escape a side note. Thinking about anti-capitalist societies and politics, how'd they do on the whole anti-racism thing actually? Karl Marx libeling the entire Jewish race, does that count? Was Adolf Hitler a socialist or a capitalist? Here's a hint. Look at the name of his party. How'd Joe Stalin do with Turks, Koreans, Chechens, Tartars, and Jews? Maybe Cuba? Carlos Moore, who has written extensively on this, says that, quote, there is an unstated threat. Blacks in Cuba knew that whenever they raised their voice, you would go to jail. Therefore, the struggle in Cuba for civil rights was different. There could not be a civil rights movement there because you would instantly have 10,000 black people dead, close quote. Che Guevara, perhaps? He who said, quote, we're going to do for blacks exactly what blacks did for the revolution, which is nothing. Che Guevara, who said, using the N-word, which I won't, the blank community is indolent and lacy and spends money on frivolities, whereas the European is forward-looking, organized, and intelligent? These anti-capitalists, the model for anti-racism? Yet, of course, the system here, the system whose majority part of the country marched to war singing, as he died to make men holy, we shall die to make men free, the system that gave us Brown versus Board of Education made a hero rightly and a holiday rightly of Martin Luther King and gave us the Civil Rights Act. That is a system that to this huckster Kendi cannot be ever seen as anti-racist. 
but the county attorney's office thinks this man has something to teach them, even as he proves he is either wrong or deliberately demagogic about actual facts and theories of justice and history as much as our entire economic system. This is an author who has written, quote, the most threatening racist movement is not the alt-right's unlikely drive for a white ethno state, but the regular Americans' drive for a race-neutral one. An activist produces power and policy change, not mental change, he says. Makes one question the point of just reading his book for a book club discussion, doesn't it? I'm not sure he'd even recommend that. And so far as seeking race-neutral policies, what used to be known as an enlightened or even liberal point of view, that's gone here. The state legislature here, if Kendi is to be taken seriously, as too many evidently think he should be at our county attorney's office, think he should be, has an awful lot of laws they're going to need to rewrite to reinstitute racial conscientiousness as opposed to race-neutral laws. And as for teaching anyone, including our children, that discrimination is wrong, well, that's gone, too. It's the only remedy to our social ills, present and future discrimination, Kendi says. This is an author with very strange, in fact, very anachronistic and bigot-filled views on race who says we should create a department of anti-racism that, once it adopts his views on race— or perhaps Angela Davis's, quote, will be empowered with disciplinary tools to wield over and against policymakers and public officials who do not voluntarily change their racist policy and ideas, close quote, their racist policies being his definition, i.e. not race neutral. James Madison in the 51st Federalist writes that in framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You must first enable the government to control the governed and in the next place oblige it to control itself. I'm looking forward to new and needed leadership at the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. It's the office that keeps us all safe. But to borrow from James Madison, it is in serious need of getting control of itself. I do not want the toxicity of racial superiority and historical and public policy revisionism to just instantiate itself here without comment or seriousness to yield us one more evil that will just pass us all by as so much banality. And do remember that phrase Hannah Arendt gave us was about a man and a regime who very seriously and systematically and with a great education and set of credentials wanted a race-conscious society, too, and set about making it one, the consequences of which we are still living with after many, many millions died because of it. County Attorney's Office, let's start by policing ourselves so we can go about the actual mission of keeping us all safe and secure and with the confidence in your office that our citizens not only expect but demand. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the Midas Gold Group. As Washington politicians push the largest budget in American history and the Fed continues to pump money into the system, what happens next? What will China do with their U.S. Treasury holdings as the value is whipped away amid the Biden Inflation. Midas Gold Group will give you the latest inflation projections, and you can ask them for their free guide to owning physical gold 
in your IRA as well. Give the Midas Gold Group a call, 480-360-3000. Veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Don't deal with questionable gold salesmen. Avoid mail-order nightmares. Deal with the knowledgeable and reputable company Seb Gorka, I, and thousands of you do business with. The Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. Uh, do I have time to do the – yes, Christy Noam. God love Christy Noam. My gosh, yeah. Um, we talked earlier about CNN Plus um, – disappearing now after gosh knows how many millions of dollars they poured into that thing to get 10,000 eyeballs on it. Um, So one of the employees, I guess one of the higher up employees over there, a producer at CNN, Ellie Smith, tweeted out public service announcement. If you're going to tweet something snarky about CNN plus hundreds of journalists and technicians who did nothing but work their tails off just had the rug pulled out from under them. So be kind. Christy Noam wrote, now you know how the Keystone XL pipeline workers feel. Great line. Great line. But 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 can we go back a second to what this producer at CNN Plus said? If you're going to tweet something snarky about CNN Plus, because, of course, CNN Plus and CNN never said anything snarky. Right. They're the model of civic and civil dialogue. I want to come back to that point in a moment. Remind me, Bill. But that other part, hundreds of journalists and technicians who did nothing but work their tails off just had the rug pulled out from under them. I don't doubt that they did I, I work their tails off. I have no no doubt. I'm sure they're hardworking people. I just obviously see the world very, 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 very differently from them. But think about that. Hundreds of journalists and technicians were part of this project. Hundreds? And millions and millions of tens of millions of dollars were spent on salaries and the promotion of this. Let's go back to what John Hinderocker said over at Powerline, occasional guest host of this show. He said their entire budget is about 600 bucks a month, mostly for web hosting services. They have three writers. They're all volunteers. I don't know what the fraction is here. But they probably get, on average, something like 10 times what CNN Plus got in viewers. And they're smart and enlightened. Think about that. Now you understand how this government bureaucracy grows. CNN Plus, which got 10,000 viewers, had hundreds of journalists and technicians working for them. Whew. Okay. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960, portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. I take their fruits and veggies every single day, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables, equivalent to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables. Do you get that every day? I bet you don't. I do because I take Balance of Nature every day and have been for several years now. It's kept me well. It's kept my immunity boosted. It's kept my energy up. And I commend it and recommend it uh, to you. If you are interested in the power of uh, the powerful power of plants, <laughs> powerful power of plants, I don't think I can do that. That's that's uh, too much alliteration and repetition. But in any event, if you're interested in the power of nature to keep you well, Balance of Nature is fantastic. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. 
Rick is in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hello there, Seth, and thank you for taking my call. You betcha. Thank you. You bet. I'm a bit discombobulated uh, this afternoon. Yes, sir. Yeah, I turned on the radio, and I thought it was 4 o'clock, but come to find out it's 3 (laughs) o'clock. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Let me try and combobulate you. Oh, okay. Um, Or recombobulate. Huh? Three is the, three is the new four Thursday. Well, it's Thursday, which is the new Friday. So uh, you okay. know, right? After <laughs> well, enough time, Wednesday will be the new Thursday, which will be the new Friday. There uh, you go. <laughs> well, listen, you're you're the professor, uh, professor. So I'm just going to go with your flow. No, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, I okay. decided uh, with some conversation amongst the staff here to uh-huh. move my monologue to the second and third hours to expose uh, a different part of the audience to it. So we used to oh. do the monologue at the top of the first hour. We're okay. now putting it usually at the top of the second or the third. We just started yeah. doing that this week, so we'll be doing that a bit more. But yeah, okay. regardless, if anyone misses that. anything, they can always get it at 960thepatriot.com. It's always up at the website. Right, right, yeah. You know, I've just been used to years and years of the monologue at 3 o'clock. But, I know, it's like know, when Bob knew. I understand, the, from eight I understand to seven. the thinking behind that, and <laughs> I I applaud. Yeah. Okay. I also say amen to your praise of uh, of Bill uh, last hour. I yeah. think it was. It, yeah. I, I say amen to that. So listen, uh, what I'm calling about, Seth, it is uh, I just um, don't have the words to applaud you enough for the yeoman's work that you've been doing the last two or three weeks in exposing the left, uh, their lies, their hypocrisy, their deceit, their underhanded and undermining of our nation. Uh, I don't hate President Biden or VP Harris or Schumer or Pelosi or any of them, but I hate what they're doing to our country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we I think we just, as you have been doing, uh, have to point out that uh, we are at war. We didn't ask for it, as President uh, Lincoln said, we didn't ask for it, but the war but came. We are. The and war came. That's we, how he put it in his second inaugural. The war came. Yeah, and we one we side was no against it, one side was for it, and the war came. Yep. Yeah, and we have no choice but to defeat the enemy. Now, what I'm calling specifically about now was your uh, thank you for the breaking news in your monologue this afternoon. Yes, sir. Uh, I think this is an illustration of how the left works. They sneak in, and they unanimously, or not unanimously, anonymously, uh, put in this kind of material or whatever, and it just goes unnoticed and un... you know, uh, it just... Uncommented upon. Yeah, no, this is why I use the word uh, uh, banal or banality. It's just ho-hum, you know? No one seems to care anymore. No one seems to think this is a big deal. Because the high culture has blessed this. Well, the yeah, high culture got it wrong. The high culture got it very wrong. We don't want to be re-racialized in this country. They that's think right. that's a good thing. These neo-Marxists, 
Not in my school and not in my county attorney's office. Rick, i got to take a quick break, but you're welcome to comment further on the other side if, if you had uh, more you wanted to say. Uh, for others who may want to join as well, 602-508-0960. As the novelist Walker Percy says, you have to push as hard against the age as pushes against you. I want us pushing. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're looking for an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio where you can earn exceptional fixed returns and actually help other people, you can do well by doing good. The other people are students, graduates who are drowning in student loan debt. I want to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Y-Refi. I take these kinds of endorsements extremely seriously when it comes to investments. So I have to tell you, I know the people at Y-Refi really well. They are really good people. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y. They're a local company here in Scottsdale. You can visit them. You won't get a sales pitch. Why Refi is in the business of helping people that others won't. You can be too. Think about how many Americans owe student loan debt, over 44 million. They're drowning in it. And until my friends at Why Refi came along, many of these people had no help and no hope. They have figured out a way to help get them out of the help get them out of debt, improve their FICO scores and so much more and for people who want to help and be part of that, get a great return on their investment. Again, check them out at investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855-316-3087. Tell them I sent you. Uh, Rick, thanks for staying with us. Go ahead, sir. I appreciate your patience. Yeah, uh, I was wondering, uh, can they help me out with my bookies? <laughs> I don't think they're doing that. No, uh-uh. I'm sorry, Seth. No. I just had to no, get no, early no. Friday they can't. They, they can help you. They can help you if you play trumpet. I, I, you know, they knew I was a trump. One of the guys there is a great trumpet player, a really great trumpet player, and he brought in these um, some of his, uh, as I would call them, axes. And yeah. he had this great horn, a constellation, a con constellation horn from many moons ago. Which was the uh-huh. horn, really the the horn, uh, the horn of the fifties, if you will. Okay. And I got to honk on that a little bit with him, so that cool. was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. Serious point. Uh, so what I'm thinking, uh, Seth, it, it, you know, I'm tired of uh, people uh, being under the radar and being supported by us to do the work that tears down the very things that we stand for. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'm thinking, and I, I need your uh, input and your suggestion, but I'm thinking I, I might just call the office there yep. and say, uh, very strongly recommend that the person or persons who suggested that book and that reading step down and look for work someplace else because we really don't need their influence and their approach in those public offices. No, we really don't. We really don't. It is the opposite of what that office was designed to. There are so many offenses to this story. So many. First of all, that we're bringing, that we're recommending a book and calling the author great. 
and that it has something to teach us about justice, a man who wants to reinstitute racism and who libels an entire political party as a white supremacist party. I mean, the, the idea, the idea that you would have a white supremacist by this author's lights running that agency, running the county attorney's office should be enough yep. for the head of that office to say, not on my watch. But Amen. that's only one offense. The other offenses have to do with the idea of the county attorney's office, which is to prosecute crime. Yes, they have a civil division, too, but primarily to prosecute criminal activity. Is this a time and a period right now where we're not concerned about crime and they have time to engage in reading book clubs? Look, I want people to read. Exactly. I don't want them using county resources to promote it. And it bothers Uh me that they are using a a, a contained, um, if you will, captive audience of prosecutors to suggest this claptrap to them, not to mention the Marxism inherent in it and the idea and the very idea that discrimination is something that this author recommends not only for the present but for the future. Every yeah. part of this, every part of this yeah. is ahistorical, yeah. anachronistic, and frankly, un-American. It's not what we're paying our prosecutors to be doing. Exactly. Amen. Uh, you so, know what they could do? They, here's Look, we, we're not about cancel culture here. We're not about firing people for having bad right. ideas or making a mistake. And maybe there was an innocent mistake made here. I'm yeah, not disclosing yeah. or foreclosing that option. Maybe these people are doing such great, diligent, hard work, as a lot of people are, and don't have yeah. time to actually know about this author the way you know we do because we have the uh, luxury of more time to read them or the luxury of being in a profession that analyzes these things or the luxury of knowing just a eensy-weensy bit of history. Yeah. But yeah. if they want to correct for this, if they want to correct for this, Let's just see how the uh, division of diversity there, or whatever they call it, how diverse they are. Why don't they bring in someone who knows Phoenix very well and knows a hell of a lot more about cops and policing and prosecution than Ibram Kendi? How about they bring in Heather MacDonald to speak about any one of her books? Amen. As part of a talk. How about they do that to cure this? And then... Let's stop it. Let's drop it. Let's get back to work of prosecuting criminals. Amen. Amen. Well said, Seth. Book well clubs, said. you know, so, they're great. You know, uh, I'm I'm not against reading. I'm not. I obviously yeah. I'm, I'm an author myself and I am a voracious reader. Um, yeah. I, I, I just I just really worry about it when it's using state or government resources, especially right. on behalf of people who want to do away with the state and the government. And, and, and I don't want to be uh, a part of a cancel culture or demand somebody be fired. But definitely, if they are really invested in this thing and recommended it highly and all of that, they really don't need to be there, as you said, as you said. You betcha, sir. You okay. Betcha. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Seth. You betcha. Thank you very much. Bill, how much time do I have here? About one minute. Let me take the quick break and then we'll take another call. I'm Seth Liebson. We will be right back. Rick was Rick was mentioning how I um, had thanked Bill. Yes, I'll do it again. It's worthy. It's been uh, doing double duty this week. Bill, my producer, thank you again for all your diligence this week, especially, but always too. be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Got a 
Great guest coming up uh, in the next hour. Matthew Continetti has a brand new book out called The Right. It's a history of the modern conservative movement. Uh, he sees it going back a little further than I typically do. I usually started in the 50s. So I'll talk about that with him. He puts it to the 1920s. Fascinating book. A lot of fun. Uh, he's an interesting guy, uh, but he's coming right up uh, at, after the top of the hour break. Rob is in surprise. Hello, Rob. Hi, Seth. Um, interesting how uh, uh, the Biden administration is sending, what was it, $1.2, $1.4 to Ukraine, but uh, nothing to the border. Um, imagine that. Uh, imagine all their rhetoric about the sanctity of the sovereignty of Ukraine and nothing about the sanctity well, and the sovereignty of our yeah. borders. Well, that's right. Nothing says America first like sending over a billion dollars to a foreign country right next to, to Russia. When their borders um, are in anyway, trouble, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you were talking both yesterday and today about, you know, this, this whole age thing between Dianne Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi yeah. and, uh, and all these other folks. And I, I think they're sort of living proof that with age does not necessarily come wisdom. Correct. And I look back on, you know, the Declaration of Independence where... You know, Thomas Jefferson was only 33 when he, you know, got it. Um, there were two young guys, uh, Edward Rutledge and Thomas Lynch, both from South Carolina, and they were only 26 years old. Madison was um, 36 when he wrote the Constitution. Was that too young, you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he had he had framed the Constitution, but you know what? He didn't even sign it <laughs> because he thought it was flawed. <laughs> and, and I thought, well, that's strange because you know he's considered one of the founders um when we go back to to uh and again yeah i could probably do this with the with the constitutional uh, folks too but you know benjamin rush on the declaration of independence was 30 uh arthur middleton in south carolina 34 samuel chase 35 uh john hancock was 39 uh patrick henry was was 40 uh john adams was 40 and then you've got a bunch of people, you know, in their 40s and 50s, like Samuel Adams was 53. Uh, you know, the oldest guy was Ben Franklin. And then when we fast forward to the Constitution or the Constitutional Convention, uh, uh, Ben Franklin, uh, who was 80 at the time, almost 81, I think he had to be brought there in one of those sedan chairs that people carry. <laughs> um, okay. But, but your I mean, point is well taken. Out of it. Yeah, no, your point yeah. is well taken. Everyone who wants to. Denounce this judge in Florida. Okay, fine. I mean, you know, uh, fine. You want to talk age? Let's talk age. You want to talk age in public service? Let's talk age in public service. Older than Jefferson when he wrote the Declaration, same age as Madison when he wrote the Constitution, and a heck of a lot younger than the president of the Senate currently, or Dianne Feinstein, or Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden, with a lot more mental capacity and capability. You betcha. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Matthew Continetti on his history of the conservative movement. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.